What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another uh, Renegade Pop Culture Podcast. Um, my name is Mike. Joining me is uh, Kiona. Hey, guys. What's up? And we got Jacob. Hello there. And today we are interviewing the filmmakers of the, uh, the last blockbuster documentary. Joining us is uh, Taylor Morden. Hello. Thanks for having us. And uh, we have Z-Cam. Hey, guys. Internet sensations and the most awesome <laughs> documentarians ever. Yes, uh, here we are. We're in the top million most awesome documentarians. <laughs> oh, for sure. Barely. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, uh, just to clarify here, I'm going to just state it openly that I did um, actually pledge some money towards the Kickstarter. So ah, I am, I'm you. not reviewing the movie, but I am going to like add in my two cents and stuff. And, and for this interview, we're definitely going to talk about my time as a Blockbuster employee, a CSR, a customer service representative, dealing with all those people that had late fees. Well, thank you for supporting the Kickstarter. It, of it course, a lot. That, that, was, that was fun, man. As soon as I saw that, that there was a last Blockbuster uh, a documentary coming out, I was like, oh man, nostalgia. Yeah, and your name, your name was even in the credits too, because I took a, while I was watching it on video on demand, I actually <laughs> took a picture of it on my phone and put it in our private messenger and just, Kiona, your first screen credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you must be on cloud nine because of that. Oh man, that's awesome. So that, that's fun. actually one of, one of the questions that I had. Um, like how, how did this project all, um, like what, what was the inspiration behind this whole project? Well, um, we live, Zeke and I live here in Bend, Oregon, which is not a very big town. And um, about five years ago, driving around the town, I mean, both of us, we would constantly see this big blockbuster video sign because it's like, you know, in the middle of town, uh, drive past it all the time. And I for sure thought that it was abandoned. You know, you see them all over the country, yeah. the big blockbuster sign, because it costs more to take it down than it does to just leave it. So yeah. a lot of times they'll just paint over it or... You know, I've seen some where it's like clearly the blockbuster ticket shape, but it says liquor store or you know, <laughs> like that. Uh, but one day my curiosity got the better of me and I decided I'm going to poke my head in and look around this abandoned blockbuster because that'll be good for Instagram or something. And what I found was not only was it not closed, but it was like nothing had changed. Like you walk in and it was like 2002 you know, it looked the same, smelled the same. And there were people in there renting DVDs, which that really threw me of like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, it's 2016, 2017 at this point. And just to see, you know, families in there renting Harry Potter movies or whatever, it was just like a total trip. And then as a, a documentary filmmaker, I was like, well, this, you know, if I'm fascinated by this, lots of people are going to be fascinated by this. And then you know, eventually I said, hey, Zeke, um, are you fascinated by this? <laughs> and they were like, yes, we have to make this movie. It basically went like, uh, I'm, I really want to make, Taylor said, I really want to make a documentary about Blockbuster. Uh, you know, that we have the one of the last few in town. And I was like, you mean the abandoned one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, it's not abandoned. And I was like, what? I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and were they renting out like current releases also because oh yeah yeah, they yeah still, I, they I left that's that's crazy to me because i left in like 2012 in late 2012 uh that was like 
you know, and then I think they closed it like the next year or something. And um, when that happened, you know, we, we weren't getting like, as far as I know, like we were getting less of the new releases, like they weren't really sending out too many of them. Yeah. Well, if you've seen our movie, then you know that they don't get the movies anymore. They have to go yeah. out and buy them themselves. So the distribution has kind of stopped or tapered off. So it's yeah. not like it used to be where there's 200 copies of Titanic or, you know, a whole wall of the Matrix. It's more like how many copies can Sandy find of the new Avengers movie or Wonder Woman or whatever just came out on DVD. And she finds them just like you or I would by going to Walmart and going to Target and <laughs> searching the bins. I think even we had to do that a couple of times, too. Wow. Yeah, lesser known movies, we had to do it. But like, um, so... When you started with the documentary, there were maybe four stores left. There were twelve. Wow. There yeah. were twelve. Oh my god! Alaska. Yeah. Texas, yeah. Oregon, Alaska, and then later we found out that there was still one in Australia. But so I guess technically there were thirteen. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, then all of the Americans were a bunch that were called Blockbuster in Italy, but oh, they yeah. weren't. They weren't actually blockbusters. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've since heard, I think there's some in Mexico too, and they don't necessarily even rent movies or sell movies. It's just a blue sign that says blockbuster, and inside is flip flops and t shirts. Yeah. Wow. Oh. <laughs> just oh say God. hang loose. That blows my mind, man. <laughs> that actually would make uh, good merchandise like ticket shaped sandals or flip flops. <laughs> I buy those. You too. So, um, so how did you come in contact with all of the celebrities, like in and like Lauren Lapkus doing the the uh, the narration for the movie, for the documentary? Um, how did that sort of process start for you? We actually started by just sitting on my couch writing up a list, like a wish list, <laughs> um, and we got almost everybody that was on our wish list. We got. Uh, some were friends of friends. I worked in Hollywood for a long time, for two decades. And so I've got friends who know people, who know people, <laughs> and those people know people. And they suggested <laughs> contacting the other people. Yeah. Uh, and then a lot of them, Taylor's a, a wizard with the DM. <laughs> yeah, we just cold called and like hit people up, slid into the DMs and said, hey, we're making a movie about Blockbuster Video. Do you want in? And I think, um, you know, because of the name Blockbuster Video, people assumed we were a bigger deal than we were. You know, for the most part, it was just Zeke and I making this movie. Yeah, you know, we had help from people here and there, but yeah, you know, we had a great editor. But uh, when we were actually in production, it was like you and me. And is there anyone in this town that might come and hold uh, carry a bag from the car? Right. Yeah. Well, oftentimes it'd be the kids who work at Blockbuster, you yeah. know, there you, you go. go help us load in this yeah. equipment. But yeah, so we would, you know, DM people like uh, Lauren Lapkus and, and people like that and say, hey, we're making this movie about Blockbuster. And, you know, that sounds pretty legit. And we always knew we were going to be a big hit on Netflix, but no one, okay. you know, at the time it's like, well, who are you? And what? I, I mean, I guess I do it's, love Blockbuster. Yeah. It's such a great very, story. In that like very first development meeting on my yeah. couch when we were writing down ideas, yeah, I think it was you, Taylor, who just said, can you imagine if this 
ended up on Netflix. How ironic that would be. And I was like, oh my God, that would be hilarious. It's like Blockbuster putting a Netflix documentary in there. Right, yes. Which they have now. I don't know if you've seen. Yeah, I I actually watched it on Netflix last night. Yeah, Yeah, but the um, we started with two big goals. And one was we have to get this movie out on DVD while the store is still open so people can rent it there because that's full circle. And, and we did that uh, late last year and that was really exciting and people rented it and bought it from the store and that was great. But of course it was during COVID time. So it wasn't mm. exactly what we had imagined. It's not like we could hang out there and sign copies and meet and greet with all the people. Oh, we just sat at home and heard about it on the internet. Uh, but yeah, the other thing in that very first meeting was like, and wouldn't it be funny if our documentary about Blockbuster that everyone thinks was run out of business by Netflix ended up on Netflix. Yeah. That that's so funny. That's such a great story too of like, you know, people just discovering this thing on Netflix and going like, did Netflix produce this? Like <laughs> Except it doesn't have the Netflix logo <laughs> on the top left corner like all their original titles do. And there's no pop pop like logo at the opening. There is one in the middle of, of the speaking of which I did I did want to talk about um that like that story that was brought up about um like the like the proposal for blockbuster to purchase netflix um how 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 much of that was was actually true all of it yeah we've heard it from multiple credible sources um it's just a lot funnier with puppets you know it totally <laughs> is that was great puppets. In real yeah, life, no, it, it actually did happen puppets. with puppets. Yes, That's, yes. People don't know that. Little known fact. Yeah. The Reed Hastings puppet walked in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone just turned into felts and cloth just yeah. that day. It was very weird. <laughs> it's like that Angel episode. Suddenly he became a Jim Henson Muppet. All right. So um, one of the things that I want to ask you about, too, is that the the actual video cassette tape that, that you mm-hmm. guys had produced, like, uh, was that one in the movie? Were you handing that one around to the different to uh, your different interviewees? Yeah, that particular one. This one. Yeah, like I was amazed at how like authentic it was because you guys even had like the case that was sort of like breaking apart and like you know oh, yeah. the plastic is warped and everything. Like that's amazing. And the the previewed one ninety nine sticker, dude. That Taylor, just like that killed me. Taylor's very talented at uh, creating mockups. Yeah, it's it's so Art great. Project. It fooled everybody. It's so great. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that was a pretty perfect mock-up. And then you know, what was the actual movie? What was the actual movie? What was the actual movie in in there? Oh, that it's taped over. You can kind of see it through the light. It's scent of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so when everyone was smelling the 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 VHS, yes. it was scent of a woman. But this one, you know, you can't really see it in the movie. Can see it here, but this one is actually a Pacific Video rental VHS, oh and Pacific God. Video is the chain that became this blockbuster. Yeah. So it's not from that specific store; it's from the Redmond one, I think. But um, this is as authentic as it gets. And then after we finished the movie, I did record it onto this tape. So the people who are you know sniffing this movie and saying like, "Oh my gosh, am I in here?" They're in here now. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the perfect time capsule. Yeah. Hopped into your DeLorean and took it back in time. But they were talking about how like kids nowadays are are looking at that 
sort of thing and they're just they're amazed by the fact that by like magnetic media and finding out that like you know you can actually store a movie on that because they're so used to it just being out in the ether and just streaming it's... wait till they see a laser disc yeah yeah and you know lunch meat ended up producing that. uh actual for sale vhs copies of our movie which is super cool they did an yeah. awesome job they're even they're cooler looking so than this one they are, yeah. They're on yellow and blue VHS tapes, which oh, is really, really cool. Awesome. Um, they sold out really fast, but they are releasing more. If anybody wants to go to their Instagram or whatever, lunch meet VHS and pick one of those up because they're going to sell out again real fast. Very yes. cool. Very cool. Yeah, that should that that is totally worth a worth a purchase, I think. Unfortunately, those aren't taped over scent of a woman. <laughs> uh, we don't know that. We don't, we don't, can't, we can't say that a hundred percent. I can't prove it. Excess copies of Scent of a Woman. There you go. Yeah. The never rented versions. <laughs> Mike, you got, you got more questions, man? Um, so after I, after I watched the, um, the documentary, I was, I was re remembering um, an article I, I read sometime last year of um, that uh, last blockbuster opening up an airbnb an airbnb um and i was i was curious was um like um did like was that was that something that you guys um heard about after making the film or um or is that or is that sort of um what like when, when exactly did you finish making the film because um i i was kind of surprised that the airbnb never never actually came up in the documentary yeah yeah well we we did hear about that early on. We're, we're pretty well connected in the world of blockbuster video. So we <laughs> tend to get a heads up on things like that. But that was happening, it was originally supposed to happen right around when we were gonna have our world premiere. And we actually were talking to Airbnb about, you know, doing a big block party and, and setting up a big outdoor screening and doing it at their event. And there it was supposed to be a global event that people could come from all over, but then, when COVID hit, first it was canceled and then postponed indefinitely. And then when they finally did do the Airbnb thing, it was for locals only. Of course, we couldn't have a large public gathering and show the movie or do anything like that. So all we could do is slip a copy of our movie on VHS into their little um, living room setup that they did. Uh, but that, that all happened after we were done. The movie wrapped, I mean, the very beginning of 2020, I think we had our final edit. And then uh, we added this little Jimmy Kimmel clip of the store being open during the pandemic that we kind of slipped in after the movie was done to be like, yeah, the very last we're second. still relevant. <laughs> this is from years and years ago. This is still happening. It felt important to have that. I was watching the movie again last night on Netflix and uh, I was really glad we put that in there. I feel like it really set yeah. it in, in time. Yeah, it, it showed, because I think without that, everybody's first question would be like, but did they close because of the pandemic? Mm -hmm. And so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, was kind of nice. scary actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're still open and they're still, um, they're still doing it. They're doing mostly online sales now. Mm -hmm. um, T-shirts and of course, the last blockbuster on DVD is a big seller. And meanwhile, um, awesome. Family Video didn't survive. Actually, I think they're closing down their physical stores, and now they're just going to like digital. 
which yeah that was bittersweet because that there it was a very much a tourist attraction i remember family video because it was near um the lake that my grandparents used to live at and i would just go there like, i think one time i spent 30 minutes there just to look for you know something like something but yeah that's that's pretty bittersweet that's that's unfortunate actually because not even family video like that was a that was actually kind of newsworthy that they were still around while blockbuster wasn't and yeah they had 200 Um, uh, 250 stores up until two months ago wow wow jeez um do you mind if i um ask the next question go for it all right so um you guys brought up a pretty uh impressive roster for this um documentary in terms of interviewees like kevin smith and jamie kennedy and ron funches and uh Lloyd Kaufman, which is the high, <laughs> on the highlights of it. Um, was he, I got asked, was he really that difficult to work with? Yes. I mean, <laughs> so uh, he Lloyd is. Lloyd Kaufman is the sweetest. Yeah. One of the sweetest men on earth. Yes. He would great. be very upset for us to reveal that truth about him. Yeah. He doesn't like it when people know he's sweet. Um, he but in reality. Great. I love them. You know, I've looked up to Lloyd for 30 years, you know, in the 80s, his movies. I mean, I didn't even know about independent versus mainstream movie. I was too young. I just thought his movies were cool um, because they were so bananas. But, you know, later you learn how hard it is to make independent anything in a world that's run by giant corporations like Blockbuster. And Lloyd Kaufman is just like as real as it gets in the like, roll up your sleeves, make stuff, fight the system, do it, do all that. So, I mean, looking up to him for all these years, it was amazing when he even said yes to be in the movie. Oh yeah. Uh, He was one of the people on the list that, I mean, he's a huge hero. Just He's my hero and he is a filmmaker hero. And anyone who doesn't know about him, whether you like his movies or not, and I personally, I love them for what, because they're exactly what they're supposed to be. Very few movies are exactly what they're supposed to be. And his movies are. And uh, when, when we put him on the list, I was like, this is not going to happen. Like, no. he hates Blockbuster. He's not going to. And then he said, yeah. And he does hate Blockbuster. He does. And, and we needed that in the movie because honestly, when we started, I thought more people would be negative about it because Blockbuster did run a lot of mom and pop video stores out of business and they were, you know, the Walmart of home video rentals and they were this big, you know, dominant beast that went around crushing local independent stores. So I thought a lot of people would say, well, I like renting movies, but I hated Blockbuster. But what yeah, we happened? Had whole, we had a whole <laughs> segment planned uh, where it was just going to be all the people that we interviewed that hated Blockbuster. And <laughs> It was just Lloyd. It was just Lloyd. So that's how he ended up with his 112 seconds of Lloyd Kaufman, which another genius move by our editor, Tim, because I wouldn't have thought to leave in the part where Lloyd Kaufman and I have a little fight. I would have been too embarrassed to leave that in, but it's a lot of people's favorite part of the movie. So, yeah, Yeah, that That is actually uh, cool that you brought that up, that uh, blockbuster, you know, in hindsight, you know, now that people kind of realize what we took for granted, you know, it, it, it does kind of um, make us see a rose, rosier um, 
rose tainted glasses. Um, but we also should kind of remember that it was point where it was just mainly just a corporation. But it's kind of interesting how our perspectives change once that there's now that there's only one blockbuster left. You know, like it's adopted more of this uh, family. Now it's literally become a mom and pop store because you know there's a family and that's interesting you know how times change and you know different you know opinions just kind of arise that we just now that it's like a razor's edge you know we just kind of no we love it for that actually it's like if mcdonald's all of a sudden just became one store and we just start loving it all over again and well, yeah, I just think, kind of forget about the complaints you had against it i think uh the the thought that didn't occur to us was like I grew up in cities and things, so there were lots of lots of options. But several of the people that we interviewed said, "I'm not gonna like when I when I would question, how do you feel about them putting so many independents out of business and their effect on the independent film world in general because they could control what movies got bought." Mm -hmm. And uh, people that I really thought were gonna just go off instead were like, "That was the only video store." There in my whole town. If that wasn't there, there wouldn't have been a video store. Yeah. Uh, the people that were in smaller towns, they said this was this was my movie education, and they had nothing. They had no hard feelings about it at all, and and it really made a lot of sense. But it wasn't something that occurred to me in the beginning. Yeah, yeah we were like, big. Go ahead. No, we were just big um, supporters of the local video store. Like in my mind, if someone had interviewed me for the movie, I would have been like. Yeah, it sucked that they put the local video stores out of business, but I still went there to rent, you know, the Matrix when my local store was all out because they only had two copies. So, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit hypocritical. Yeah. Um, so like one of my favorite segments as well, besides the Lloyd Kaufman one, which was great, was the uh the interview with Jamie Kennedy where he brought up the Blockbuster Entertainment team because I had oh, yeah. forgotten about that. And like, I remember those commercials, but like, that was just insanity, man. Like, like that's so nineties to me. The fact that they actually did all this stuff, it was such like nineties advertising one oh one. It's just amazing. Jamie Kennedy's awesome. Like we, you know, we wanted him <clears throat> initially. We want, he made our list because one, he's, we love him. He's hilarious. Perfect nineties. You know, like it's such, it's, he's so the peak of his popularity was really set in that exact right time period. There were a lot of things that made us want a specific person, but, but also because he was in that famous scene in Scream where he worked in a video store. Yes. Uh, so when we started trying to get him, it was very difficult. I would say he was maybe the most difficult get of everybody that we had him in the movie. Up until the day, like, I remember showing up at his house and we had a bet like, I don't know, 50, 50, he's not going to show. Yeah. We're going to be there. Are you going to show up house. with cameras and he like won't still, even be there? Cause he was so he was, like, um, aloof. Like he was yeah. just like, yeah, I guess maybe sure. Whatever. <laughs> and he like wanted to change the, the, the release form and like, and it yeah. just felt like he really didn't want to do it. And we're like, is he going to be there? And yeah. then not only was he there, he had planned. It was like he was, uh, what was his, the Jamie Kennedy experiment where he would yeah, do yeah. like. He was running a prank on us camera. for sure. He was running a prank on us the whole time. 
<laughs> he was so excited to do it. And he's been so great. So supportive. Anytime we ask him if he'll share uh, information with his followers, he does. Mm-hmm. Like he's so supportive of the movie. He was just pulling a fast one on us. Would, would he ever it. reprise the, uh, the blockbuster entertainment team? I bet sure he, he would. would. I, I wonder if he would. would or like something like it, you know, where he's just like maybe the Netflix entertainment team, the net, the net. I love it. I love it. Let's pitch it to him. I bet he will. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. yes. You got to pay him as much as Blockbuster paid him though. Oh, darn. Yeah. That might be an issue. (laughs) 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 Well, he can do that for us. Maybe. I don't know. But, um, anyway, um, so yeah, that was one thing. And then I wanted to ask you guys as well, like, did you get any support from Dish Network making this documentary? Like, were they, did you have to contact them at all for this? We did have to contact them. Yeah. Um, they weren't not supportive. Yeah, they were supportive in that they didn't try to stop us. Okay. Yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> from like, I greatly appreciate that. I mean, even though legally we had the right to make the movie, they're mm-hmm. a very large company that could have pressured us uh, with lawyers to mm-hmm. dissuade us. Uh, and they didn't, which I appreciate. Yeah. And then once the movie was done, they never said anything good about it, but they didn't say anything bad about it. And we did have to go to them to license our VHS copies. Mm-hmm. And they were they were very cool about that. So it's it's been an okay relationship. It's weird, you know, making a documentary about a corporation and we don't ever say anything bad about dish because we weren't really around when blockbuster made all of their mistakes but it's still weird to like do anything bad yeah but they are in the movie (laughs) we do talk about them and then to go to them and say like uh yeah can we uh license your logo for some stuff is that (laughs) we did did we we were gonna try and get somebody high up uh that was there during the buying process yeah interview but we couldn't even find a name like Mm -mm. and now dish only has there's like one person in charge of the blockbuster department and you know he just he just approves t-shirt licenses for hot topic and stuff that's that's his job (laughs) and he oversees the one store you know so sandy calls him and says hey you know we want to put out a new beanie is that cool and he says sure do it and but I that's imagine whole... that's like the smallest part of his job. Like the rest of his job is probably like, you know, G5 and T1 lines and like all kinds of stuff that's way more pressing. Yeah. Although I bet he had a pretty cool meeting when Marvel came to him about doing uh, the Captain Marvel Captain movie. Marvel, yes. Uh-huh. Oh they, yeah, that was a highlight. They for sure had to approve all of that and they probably had to give them you know, resources of like, this is what our shelves looked like. And this is, here's an old sign we have in storage and all that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they made a new sign with that Marvel money. They probably Could be. prop department. It might just be CGI. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all CGI. <laughs> it's like the Mandalorian. Yes. <laughs> it's all you have is a CGI, like CGI sets. Oh man, that's, that's great. Yeah. Dish was interesting when they took us over. I'm not going to say anything bad about them, of course, but like, yeah, it was, uh, it was, that was in, that was a transition. I remember. Um, so is Sandy's store considered like, is her store considered a, a franchise or is it, it's, it's still corporate, right? Never been franchise. It's never been corporate. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. 
All the corporate stores closed in 2014. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They right. went out of business. Yeah. And only franchises hung on. Some, you know, like we said, 12, 13 of them hung on until 2017. And then yeah, they really started dropping like flies right yeah, around the time. I remember that. I remember. We originally wanted to go film at all of the stores and then they closed so fast we couldn't get there. I, I, yeah. I, I got to say this. Um, that that segment where I was talking about after um, the economic crash of 2008 and it was something in 2013 where you had that news clip of, you know, everything has to go, uh, Blockbuster's closing all their stores. That news clip that you guys used, that was from Grand Rapids um, local news. I, I live in Rockford in Michigan, which is a suburb of Grand Rapids. So that part hit extra hard for me. And I was not <laughs> was expecting that. Store. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I was not expecting that. Like, actually, to hit even harder because um, in 2013 they were having a, a buyout sale. You know, everything had to go. So I actually bought um three movies there. It was a Futurama movie, I think Bender's Big Score, uh, Apocalypto, and uh, Buried. That movie with Ryan Reynolds. Oh yeah. So. Nice. Yeah, so I just had to make the most of it. I still have a popcorn bucket that I got as a Christmas gift back in 2009, which I still haven't popped because I'm saving it for this really good occasion. <laughs> Letting it age like fine wine. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man, that's that's great. Yeah. So what was it like getting Kevin Smith for this? Uh, it was, was he an easy get? Uh, he said yes really early on, but he's such a busy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's one of the only people where we, you know, we don't live in LA. So we had to fly down for a lot of these things and we tried to schedule as much as we could on each trip so that, you know, if something fell through, we didn't waste a trip, but I think his fell through at least once was rescheduled twice, three times. Yeah. Three, I think. Yeah. And it took the better part of a year from when he said yes until we filmed that. Oh man. Uh, great guy um, oh, oh yeah awesome of him to be a part of the movie and he's been real supportive too but yeah you know trying to and he was making two movies at the time and <laughs> nine podcasts and hosting the imdb talk shows and all these things and so the fact that we got him for half a day was was pretty big yeah yeah that, that's that's awesome the top of our list from the beginning too yeah because mm-hmm. yeah, he famously you know started out working at a video store him and Tarantino, who uh, was not as eager to be in our movie. He was interested, but he was busy making his final film and didn't want it, didn't, wasn't interested enough to make the time. We were like, we'll come on set, we'll right. do whatever, oh, man. Do whatever you want. That we'll wait your trailer, just ask you one question, you know, whatever you want. <laughs> but it didn't happen. There are only really that we were at the top of our in the top five that uh top 10 even that we weren't able to get in the film it was uh tarantino and Polly shore that's it <laughs> oh man that would have been so awesome to see Polly shore and quentin tarantino in this my god they'll be in the sequel yes yeah. the yes. next blockbuster the next one <laughs> the next i love blockbuster. it i love it we need to make that happen, man. Put that on Kickstarter. I'll back it immediately. Um, Mike, do you have any more questions at hand? I, th- I think I've asked pre- pretty much ev- everything 
except for except for what for one more let, let let's let's say we're in an alternate reality in which um blockbuster did purchase netflix i think we are too like how 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 different do you think things would be today hmm. I don't, there wouldn't be a netflix it would just be called blockbuster yeah but, it might be different yeah i could see there being fewer streamers because yeah. Blockbuster, the one thing they did have going for them was the relationships with all of the movie companies yeah. across the industry. And because they didn't have skin in the game, you know, they weren't making their own movies, really. They were, mm -hmm. you know, partnering with all of the movie studios equally. So, you know, whereas Netflix comes out at first, they're aggregating everything and they have all the cool movies. And then slowly they transition into making their own content, which is great. They make great stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but then as soon as they stop getting Paramount movies, you see Paramount Plus pop up and HBO Max and Disney Plus and then all these segmented things. And I think there, there could have been the possibility of a world where Blockbuster made a different kind of deal with everybody. And there was just one streaming service instead of nine. And I, I would right. rather live in that world where you go to Blockbuster and they just have all the movies and you don't have to have 12 subscriptions. Oh yeah. yeah, because yeah. now it's just sure. reported um, uh, streaming for all these services that it actually costs more than cable. I'm not surprised. 100%. And you yeah, still got to pay thirty bucks extra for a new Disney movie. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And when you run a little independent niche website, and then you have to review it for said website, you got to pay that extra thirty bucks just to be <laughs> timely with the content. Yeah, your Not review should just be like, I instead bought dinner. It was delicious. <laughs> I'll see how the movie was in a couple weeks when it's free. There, that that should have been our review. To be honest, that really should have been it. Yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the one of the crazy things too, because now thinking about this, this totally makes sense to me, and I hadn't really considered it. Which is that that the the sequence where you show Sandy and how she has to take care of her store. And the fact that she has to fix her own computers, that to me, just like, I did not think of that. And now I'm just, I'm, I'm going over it in my head and thinking about like back in when I worked at that place and what that would have been like if we had survived as a story, it would have just been insanity. And yeah, she's right. Like the, the generation coming up does not know what a floppy disk is. So it's like, yeah, I, I just, it, it blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, you know, she she's a trooper like truly she is i i'm just amazed at, at what she does and the fact that you know her store is is thriving and still going on it's just amazing yeah she gets all the credit for that if it wasn't for sandy they would have closed years ago yeah sure. that's for sure that's what ken told us you know it's um like you said she's fixing the computers she's going out and buying the movies but then there's all those other things like it's blockbuster video but now it is the smallest of small businesses you know they have maybe 20 employees and she's like running payroll but also if they need to put up a display for a new mm -hmm. movie she has to like photoshop it and print it out and cut it out and go put it up in the store you know there is no corporate they used to get you know movie posters and all these promo materials yeah. and all these things from corporate yeah and that's all gone you know they have like a rug in the front that says blockbuster it's a nice blue rug and then 
she has to it wore out so she had to have a new one made and she's like where do oh i get the God. where do i get the file for the logo and send it and find a rug maker and send it off and so it's like crazy to think about how much harder her job has become in the 17 years she's worked there yeah yeah like night and day everyone's job now yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah there's no distro to come in and, and save you when you're like running low on movies anymore and, and you know like I don't, where does she get candy from and stuff like that i mean do they how does that work there's some clips of that in the movie. She goes out and buys it. She just goes out and buys it. Yeah. I mean, it's just a warehouse club amazing. Kind of thing. Yeah. But it's crazy to think it's her, right? She doesn't have an employee that goes out and buys the candy. Yeah. That would be an easy job to, you know, delegate. But no, I mean, she's the heart of that store and she keeps it going, you know, because she loves it for no, no other reason. She has, yeah. She doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't need that pressure. Although I yeah, think she's yeah. kind of enjoying the little bit of celebrity she's kind of achieved from this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> who, who, who wouldn't at that at that point? Yeah, especially around Bend, everybody knows Sandy here. She is. Oh, I bet. A local hero. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things too that that tripped me out was the fact that like now it's 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 almost a tourist attraction. Like if I was if if I made the jump from from Florida over to Oregon, you know, in post COVID situations, and I wanted to visit like the last blockbuster, I mean that would be legit exciting for me as someone who used to work at a blockbuster. That would just still be like fun. You, you, just, when you walk in, it would blow your mind. Yeah. No matter what you think in advance. Yeah. Man. You know what. Uh, <laughs> What Doug Benson experiences in the movie is really what everyone who comes to visit the store experiences the first time they walk in. They're just they're just shocked that it 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 runs through on different levels through your body at the same yeah. time. Yeah, it like it it transports you back to where you were like all those years ago. Like for me, it would be like ten years ago. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, very very cool. Place. It is. <laughs> it's. It's Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a mecca for film buffs. Exactly. It really is. Where else are you gonna go? You know? <laughs> yeah. Planet Hollywood. And... Yeah. It <laughs> was Vegas. fascinating too, uh, that part where you mentioned that uh John Oliver helped you guys out by uh reporting oh, yes. that Russell Crowe was lending his memorabilia over to uh the blockbuster stores in Alaska. Um, like you, like his role from Cinderella Man, or you know his gladiator outfit, and that was a fun. I, I I hope he understands um and appreciates the help that he's put into put um preserving this store. I saw that episode of last week tonight when it aired. <laughs> Just like and and yeah, I was so waiting for that. I was waiting for their announcement of like how that turned out. Where like the I think it was the Alaska store that got it mm -hmm. initially yep yeah. it was the it was the alaska store and then once that closed down all that stuff got transported to uh to bend mm -hmm. it is funny but a lot of people come into the store now and they've never seen john oliver and they haven't seen our movie yet so it's very confusing that there's <laughs> this, this museum inside a blockbuster and all it has is russell crowe's you know John's robe trapped. and the hood from robin hood and all these things and it's like it there is no logical reason and they don't have like a sign up that explains it it's just there so a lot of people come in and you'll hear him like, why what is why russell crow 
Why, why this? <laughs> it's not like he has a new movie out. He's promoting. Why so the leather weird. jockstrap in the middle of the store? It's just, <laughs> gosh, mysteries of the universe. That's that's cool. I love that. Yeah. So, um, so tell us about any uh, upcoming projects that you guys have in in the pipeline. Uh, is there anything going on right now? I know we're in the time of COVID, but like, do you guys have any plans coming up that you can talk about? I'd love to go to Hawaii and take a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love Same. to go back. Yeah. We have stuff that we're developing, but nothing that's uh, nothing that we're talking about right now. Okay, gotcha. Nothing gotcha. until we're post COVID for sure. Yeah, yeah, understand. Mm -hmm. Stay home and watch Netflix for a while. Yeah, I hear they've got some good stuff now. They do. At least doc in the documentary area. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Put that on a loop. Yes, please. If you're listening to this and you have Netflix and you're not watching anything else, just put our movie on on a yeah, loop. Yeah, exactly. Put it on. It a can't loop. hurt. Watch it the first time, and then when you're cooking dinner or something, you can just have that going on, you know? Just, like, yeah. keep keep that going. Actually, we, we did want. do a really fun uh, live commentary track over at Film Threat. So if you want to watch it a second time and pull that up on YouTube on your laptop or your phone or something, we had Sandy and Jared and our editor Tim was there, and we talked through it with Chris Gore from Film Threat, and we did, like, a live oh, audio oh. commentary that's cool. That's Definitely awesome. Watch the movie a second time and pull up that film threat video. I didn't know that. Oh my god! I, okay. I might have to do that next time I I put this on. Yes, it's super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's a great commentary track. Yeah, I can imagine it. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I've seen it twice, so I definitely need to uh, you know twice in full. So I definitely need to go and and check that out as well. So it's on Film Threat. Mm -hmm. On their okay. YouTube channel. Okay. Sweet. Yeah, we'll link to that. Actually, we'll put it in the show notes and link to it. Where can uh, where can people follow you if they want to get updates on what you're working on? Like, is there any place on social media or um, that we can find you? Uh, Last Blockbuster is all over social media. Um, gotcha. Last Blockbuster movie on Instagram and Facebook. Last Blockbuster on TikTok and Last Block Doc on Twitter. Um, that's a great place to keep in touch. I'm sure we'll announce there if we ever do anything else, but this is probably it. This is the peak of movie making. <laughs> so we made a movie about movies that you can yes. rent at Blockbuster and stream on Netflix. That's as good as it gets. I was watching so it. Awesome. I watched it again last night because it was the, the premiere Netflix day. And uh, my son started noticing uh, some of the detail. It's very meta. The movie's very meta. And we intentionally put a lot of stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Subtle things that mm -hmm. we, were, we were hoping people would enjoy watching it many 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 times and uh next time you watch it through pay attention to what the titles are of the dvds when we're showing dvds on the shelf and mm -hmm. i did that i did i was like oh look there's the visit or oh look there's james and the giant peach <laughs> I, I i i picked up on um ready or not atomic blonde um <laughs> yes a lot a lot of uh some of my favorites in there of recent titles yeah there's no accidents in the movie there's like if you, if the if it's a movie you've never heard of it's because the title's referencing what we're talking about emotionally or something in the movie and <laughs> my wife's like oh my god that was such a cool idea i didn't even notice that the first three times <laughs> yeah I mean, you guys did great work on this documentary i have to say like i for me, it was it it was a nostalgia trip, and it was like you know I learned things that I didn't know, and just 
I mean, my, my hat's off to everybody who remembers Blockbuster fondly and also to the people that keep this last Blockbuster running. I mean, I, I just, I'm incredibly amazed by the work that they do. So yeah, just uh, from a former employee to them, I would just like to say like, like kudos, you know, and, and to you guys as well for putting the spotlight on it and just reminding us that, Hey, you know, this is still out there. And if you want to help support the store, they sell employee t-shirts and those hats, although Sandy doesn't like me to remind people about those. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you can get our DVD Blu-ray there. And as Taylor tells people, an actual Blockbuster kid touched that DVD and put it in a box. Wearing a blue shirt, a little bit of Blockbuster air will be in the box. Mm -hmm. And they put a little note in there too. Then they sign it. They go above and beyond. It's You really should order something from the store if it's our movie or just they sell membership cards, you know, just whatever you can. Cause right now during COVID that's, what's keeping them going. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you like our movie, definitely support the store. Um, awesome. It's, yeah. it's worth it. You know, can if you people still, stop supporting them, it won't exist. Can you still um, rent a room there and just have a nineties pizza party? Yeah. Well, I can't, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, that's not a thing that was a one-time airbnb uh promotional thing uh but when COVID is over i think yeah zeke and i and our friends and families might have a slumber party at blockbuster just because we can't good idea such <laughs> a great idea that that was such a great idea the airbnb thing like i i want them to revisit that maybe sometime down the line post-covid you know maybe i bet they, that would be very successful so well, you guys, we don't want to, you know, Taylor and Zeke, we don't want to keep you for too long because I know you guys probably have a very busy day ahead of you. So um, thank you for coming on our show and thank you so much for producing, directing, writing this documentary, uh, reminding me of the good old days. You know, I made a lot of friends at my Blockbuster, a lot of coworkers that I still am in touch with to this day and and uh, my old managers and my old like the, the, the old district manager and I are friends on Facebook. So it's like, you know, we, it's, it's a part of my life that, that means a lot to me. So you guys really reminded me of that. And, uh, and I just want to thank you for, for producing it. And thank you. you. Yeah. You're very welcome. Thanks for watching it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, definitely let us know whenever you need support or anything, you know, you can all, you're always welcome on the show. Fantastic. Um, Yeah. So Mike, you got any final thoughts? Um, just every, everyone check out, uh, the last blockbuster on Netflix, Amazon, wherever, wherever, wherever you want to watch it. And yes, definitely support, um, support the, uh, the blockbuster, um, through, through any, through any way possible. If you, if you live in, in Bend, um, like when, when, once it's safe, you can go back and rent whatever, wherever you want there, or just support support them online, buy some merch, um, buy a, uh, a Blockbuster member card just to have. And yeah, that's, that's about it. Jacob, any final thoughts, man? Um, you guys uh, covered a subject I didn't think would be necessary a few years ago, but you made it necessary. Uh, you gave us a really great insightful look into this store that's all of a sudden meant so much for so many people 
Uh, I had a blast watching it. Uh, I never thought I'd get misty-eyed over late fees and easily breakable <laughs> VHS tapes. So, <laughs> hey, you guys did a good job on that. So, um, yeah, watch the last blockbuster on Netflix or on any VOD platform you can find. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and man, that uh, I got to say one more thing, which was the Blockbuster Entertainment Awards. I forgot about those, and now I just, like, man, I long for those days. <laughs> those were so much fun. Um, all right, guys. So, uh, yeah, Mike, uh, you want to start the outro here? Um, um, yeah, so, so yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening to this special Renegade Pop Culture interview. Um, before we head out, uh jacob where can everyone find you online you can find me on facebook and twitter under jacob crable k-r-e-h-b-i-e-l and i'm also part of the renegade pop culture facebook group and kiona all right guys you can find us at renegadepopculture.com that is where we have our show notes that is where we have our episodes uh articles uh anybody wants to write any articles you know you guys can always do that um and uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Ren Pop Culture. That's Ren No Stimpy. And uh, you can find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash RPC42. And that is about it for us. Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at CaptainK42. Check out all my quick thought reviews on letterbox.com slash CoachK42. And you can find me in all the various Facebook groups just at my name. You can check out Renegade Pop Culture on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. And as Kiona mentioned, our website is renegadepopculture.com. Need an escape? So do we. That'll do it for this uh, Renegade Pop Culture uh, podcast. We will uh, catch you guys later. Peace out. See ya. See you guys. Be kind, rewind.